This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Welcome to the GPL Podcast. Back here for another week, hoping that uh, my software works a little bit better than it has already. Because apparently the guys can't hear uh, all the music and everything going. So uh, we'll just have to have to see how it works, guys. Sorry. That'll work. We, we got bugs. We'll fix the bugs eventually here. So Eventually, I should say. Well, I can see exactly why you guys can't hear it, too. Because I'm a moron. But, you know. We'll see. What did you, what did you do? Well, I forgot to add a uh, GarageBand, which outputs the audio of all that pre-audio. I forgot to send it to you guys. I have to add that uh, source so you guys can actually hear it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. Sorry. No biggie. No biggie. We'll survive. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll get it all worked out. So, anyway, guys, uh, the Badgers are still bad, Hammy. God, I'll say. I, you know, I, I think. I thought they had pr- improved a little bit, but uh, you know, four nothing Friday night, Saturday night. You know, you always expect a team to come out and play much better, and I really think that goal twelve seconds in just killed them for the weekend. Well, I mean, I don't know what it, I mean. Well, you would think the team would have a little bit more in them than to just bail because they got <laughs> scored in twelve seconds into the game. I mean. I know it's not the greatest start in the world, but you still have 59-plus minutes to make it up. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty brutal. I mean, the way that they got down, you know, it, I mean, I don't want to say they quit, but, I mean, the fact is is that, I mean, they just, I mean, they, they played pretty well, you know, well in the second period, so you got to give them credit for kind of, you know, showing some spunk in that, in that period. But uh, it, was, uh, it was pretty bad. It was pretty brutal. And, you know, I was saying it on GPL, you know, Wisconsin is awful. They need to do something because for as far as the conference goes, we need them to be, you know, a, a team that at a minimum is competing for NCAA at large spots. And they're a long ways from it right now. And I have a hard time understanding how Eves is going to survive, you know, this season. I'd be shocked if he does. I would be too, but you just never know in this environment. Obviously he, he used the, uh, the assistant coaches were kind of the, thrown to the wolves last year but this year it's a little different story um friday night vegs a nice solid 4-0 win uh boy even shearhorn took one off the mask took a couple stitches and came right back in all in all i kind of like that performance friday night too yeah i thought it was really impressive i thought minnesota controlled the play uh most of the night um i thought shearhorn showed a lot of toughness by by fighting off that uh, shot in the face and, and coming right back in there. Um, I thought the power play looked good. Uh, nice to see Fashing, you know, continue his progress this season. I think he's really um, taking a step forward. Cluse uh, also, man on a mission, very motivated captain, playing well. Um, so it was it was good to see. Um, I, was, I was a little surprised with Wisconsin as well because we've been hearing how they're they're so much better than they were last year. And uh, it was hard to see it during the game. 
Well, boy, I, I don't know what to say about it anymore. I mean, obviously, a 9-2 victory Saturday, it obviously makes you feel great. It's, it's good for our team because, you know, it does build confidence for them. And uh, obviously that's a good thing. But like you said, Hammy, uh, we can't have Wisconsin be like this. They need to improve. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean, it's thing, for our own good, actually. Well, right. I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, you know, the conference you think about, then you think about the rivalry aspect. I mean, you know, when it's a rivalry, you know, historically, and you have a team that's just playing as badly as Wisconsin has for the last season and a half, I mean, that, you know, you can't have that going on for a long period of time and expect that rivalry, rivalry to continue to thrive. And, um, you know, as much as we like to beat the hell out of Wisconsin, you kind of want to be able to beat the hell out of Wisconsin when they're at least a halfway decent team <laughs> as opposed to a piece of crap team, you know what I mean? So you don't get a hell of a lot of joy beating up on the little sisters of the poor, and that's kind of the way that they're looking these days. And Oh, uh, I, I think we get some joy out of it. It's just... Well, yeah, but I mean... Uh, it's, I, it's, it's still fun. <laughs> it, it, you know, but honestly, for me, it's more like just don't lose the games. It's almost, you know what I mean? It's like you're going into it where at least in a, when you have two good teams, it's kind of like, you're like, all right, it's going to be a good battle. And you don't really know what to expect. And you feel like, you know, if you win, you, you kind of feel like, okay, I really, we really earned it. And it's not like we didn't earn these two victories, but when the team is that bad, it's almost like you go into it saying, okay, let's not blow these games because you're almost expecting to win. It just, it doesn't feel like the typical rivalry is supposed to. And that's kind of how you felt, you know, last week during the podcast. You were saying that uh, you were thinking, you know, Wisconsin would come in and win one, but uh, just yeah. didn't quite happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I think a lot of that was as much as, like I said, the rivalry aspect, then it's being on the road, and you kind of mm-hmm. expect in a rivalry series, you know, on the road, that you're going to have a tough go of it. And, uh, I mean, what are they, I mean, I don't know why I was looking at some of those statistics. I think somebody had put it in a newspaper article online and I don't remember who it was but uh that this was like the worst goal differential in Madison since the you know the start of the, the you know, 30s the six, I think yeah something <laughs> like that I mean it's like you just don't go into these days especially considering that you know games tend to be a little bit more uh you know lower scoring as compared to you know the 70s or the 80s or whatever you don't expect that kind of goal differential these days and yeah that's what we got so it's kind of shocking in that sense but all in all, Vigo, obviously Wisconsin's down, but it is a, a nice boost for the Gophers to get some of their guys scoring. Obviously, you know, Kloos has been really consistent. Jeez. Uh, uh, oh, Bristed. <laughs> Bristed. Well, yep. <laughs> I'm just kind of blanking on names all of a sudden. But, you know, it, for Vigs, really, it's it, it, was, it was at least a nice con- confidence booster, I would say. Yeah, I think it was a real nice confidence booster. And I think... One thing that helps them play confident is the player Shearhorn. Yeah. In that second period, it, it looked like Wisconsin was starting to, to find their legs a little bit. And, you know, they got the, the first goal in the second period, and, and it looked like they were building some momentum, and, and Shearhorn shut them down. And talking to the players this week, Shearhorn got after his teammates and said, hey, you know, we still got some hockey left this weekend. We got to finish it out and close it out. And then they came out in the third period and they scored four more goals and, and really 
shut the door on them. So I, I think that was encouraging to see. We've seen that a couple times this year where the where the Gophers haven't brought their A game or you know they've kind of let the game get away from them a little bit and they've found their legs and, and gotten back into games or closed out games. So I think with this team, it's, it's a little bit different than some of the Gopher teams we're used to. There's so many new players in this lineup than last year. They've got to learn how to win and learn how to close out games, and I think we're seeing that as we get deeper in the season. Brodzinski, a scoring machine. Yeah, he took that uh, <laughs> retaliation penalty, came out of the box, and got a real easy one, and then pumped in two more with some wrist shots. So, you know, he's a guy who can find the net. You know, it was a little surprising to see all of them go in, but, you know, he's a shooter, and he, he gets it done with a wrist shot. Well, that probably made Papa very happy. Because Papa is, uh, well, he's one of those dads, if you catch my meaning, people. Not the greatest. Uh, well, Bob, he's proud of his kids. Yeah, I know, it, but I mean, I, engaging, you know, you know, media places on Twitter like GPO and Echis, Echis was t- uh, tweeting a few weeks ago. As a parent, you just kind of have to let th- that stuff go. It's hard. I imagine it is, but, you know, what can, what can you do? But, you know, obviously the sweep was big, but the second biggest story I'd say on the weekend is uh, one Mr. Whitco is hit on Novak, knocking him out, literally knocking him out with a, I would call a cheap shot up the middle, a cheap shot in the middle of the ice, and sh- I, should sh- I should say, eerily similar to the hit he put on uh, Bristed last season at Mariucci. Um, and got suspended for this time. He got, you know, obviously he got his one game suspension, and then he got two games added on after after that. But, um, it, you know, we talk about rivalries, guys, and we we talk about that goon who's who's caused trouble in Michigan. Um, this Whitco guy, uh, he's something that could bring the rivalry back. Well, I mean, you kind of would hope that you know if you're going to talk about a rivalry, that it's going to be. The com- the competition yeah, but as it opposed really to bring cheap the hate. It could bring the hate back, though. Yeah, but I, mean, I get what you're saying, but I don't. You know what? I don't even know that that is going to really do a lot. I mean, well, I guess we'll have to see how things are at Mariucci when they come to town. But yeah, you know, when Wisconsin is so horrible right now, mm. I don't know that even you know unless it's just like guys taking runs left and right and doing cheap crap left and right. I mean, I don't know that a few shots here or there, as bad as that was. Don't get me wrong. Um, I don't know if that, that's going to do it, but, um, you know, what? it's, it's pretty sad. I mean, some of these guys just need to learn, you know, to control themselves on the ice. And, um, you know, we know with the way that concussions are kind of handled in all different sports nowadays that you just cannot take the risks anymore about taking any kind of high shots on guys, um, you know, shoulder to the. Anywhere the neck to the head area, I mean, you can't do it. You, it's really on the the onus is on a guy that's going to be doing the hitting, and I understand that they're not going to have any, you know, they're not going to give them any leeway anymore. It's just going to be penalized, and that's it, you know. And I, and I get it. So, well, Viggs, you captured audio from Don Lucia yesterday when he talked about this, and uh, let's have a listen to what the Don had to say at media day yesterday about uh, you know these these high hits or what we'd call some cheap hits. You no doubt talked to somebody in the Big Ten offense. Uh, do, do you think they heard you about the hits last weekend? Uh, I just talked to um, Steve yesterday in 
Piotrowski, he just told me that the suspensions were coming. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm going to show some clips today um, of, of three of the hits from the game, just as reminders from our guys that things you can't do. And it's a different day and age. I, um, you know, the hit on Tommy Novak for me is probably 20 years ago. You know, it was a hit you could make. Um, just like in, in football. I mean, you go back to the days when I grew up when Jack Tatum was patrolling the, the secondary and, you know, what he used to do to wide receivers. And then it became, I think, a good thing, uh, some safety issues where you do have to protect the players. And I think the hit that we saw um, on, on Novak is a hit that needs to be taken out of the game. The, the idea of hitting is to, you know, separate a, puck, uh, a player from a puck. It's not to, you know, destroy somebody. Obviously, that was a head hit. Uh, but even if it wasn't, uh, guys are so they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. The equipment's more, um, and and so the owners. I think to the point now, especially with what we know about concussions and player safety, that uh, the owner should be on the player making the hit. Uh, if a guy's in a vulnerable position, it's one thing to separate. It's another thing to really follow through. And um, I, 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 I've kind of changed my tune now and seen what's the concussion issues. And, you know, my oldest son had to quit playing because of concussions at the, at the pro level that... I think player safety is an important issue. I think we have that obligation. I mean, I talked to Tom's dad. He was great about it yesterday. And, you know, if you're a parent sitting in the stands, I mean, who wants to see their son get hit like that? That's not what you play the game for. And I I think from from a player safety standpoint, some of these hits have to be looked at where I don't care if it's a legal hit, should that hit take place. You know, because you don't want to jeopardize somebody somebody's career now, and and that's why I think you the attitudes the have changed because of that, and I and I think for a good thing um, that that hitting is part of the game, but there's between hitting and really taking somebody out, and uh, that could really have an impact to their career, their life. Uh, all that, and I think we've seen that emphasis with the check from behind, um, and and I think these open ice hits have to be looked at. I mean, when Nick Letty was a freshman, I mean, the guy came across and broke his jaw. His missed, you know, a couple months of his freshman year. Um, so those are the hits that, that really have to be looked at. Well, guys, I know that you didn't get to hear most of that because of the way I had the audio set up again. Uh, obviously, I got it turned on at the end. Vigo, you were there yesterday when he talked about this. Um, obviously, Lucia is kind of that old school guy where he talks about, you know, this wasn't really an issue when, when, when I played or, you know, even when he started coaching. But, you know, you know the way the NFL is now with, you know, uh, hitting vulnerable players, uh, he would like to see this rule in the hockey. What do you think? Do you think this rule should be uh, looked at or something looked at for this? Well, I think it's going to be hard for him to take it to the extent that he was talking about this week. You know, he was talking about how it's going to be like the NFL. So if, so if a guy's coming across yeah. the middle of the rink – and he's in a vulnerable position, you basically have to ease up and you can't, you know, go after him. And I think hockey is kind of one of these sports where a lot of people are saying, hey, if you're coming across the middle, you got to protect yourself rather than, you know, make the play. And and I think that's going to be hard to convince his peers to go with him. You know, he's a guy who's had his sons come up playing the game. You know, Tony, obviously, he got that uh, concussion at Mankato when he was playing for the Gophers, and then in pro hockey, he got he got more concussions and he had to quit. And I think now, you know, seeing Mario come up through the ranks and, and play hockey, you know, he's a very protective guy now when he thinks about it that way. 
and some of these other coaches, they, they think the players, you know, have to rub some dirt in it and recover and get back on the ice. And I think that's the mentality that, that goes through the sport. So he's going to have a tough time, you know, convincing this open hit stuff. We've made a lot of strides with checking from behind and boarding, but I think this one's going to be a tougher sell. Well, you know, you talk about, you know, selling it, and obviously Eves wasn't sold on it because he's like, well, I didn't even think that was a bad hit. But uh, wasn't isn't one of his sons no longer playing because of concussions? I mean, shouldn't he be concerned about this too? Yeah, I don't remember which one of his kids. I think that one of his sons did have some concussion issues. And I actually, I don't know for sure, but I always thought that Eves himself had some issues back in the day. When well, injuries. maybe that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know factually if that's true. But, you know, I guess the two things that I would say is that I kind of disagree to some extent that, I mean, to me, it's like when, when players are coming across the middle of the ice, I mean, yeah, you, you should teach them to keep their head up and everything like that. But at the same time, when you're an opposing player, it's not like you have to destroy a guy in order to knock him off the puck and, and you know, and, and create the turnover and whatever. And I think that to me, maybe that's more what Lucia might be thinking about is that, you know, you can still hit guys, but you don't have to like just annihilate them in order to, to make the play. And I think another part of the problem is, is that, you know, in, in the NFL and, you know, even NHL, I mean, hello. Uh, anyhow, um, there's a lot of that. <laughs> There's a lot of, uh, you know, these, like, highlights, you know, that they'll actually make DVDs. And, I mean, remember, I was growing up, they, for the NFL especially, they would have, like, these big hit DVDs, and they would be kind of promoting that stuff, you know. You'd be promoting guys just yep. killing other guys and whatever. And, and we used to see that in the NHL, too. I mean, I don't know if they do that now because I haven't paid as much attention to that. But I think that, you know, when, when you're going to hype those kinds of things up and, and give them airtime and whatever else, it's like, well, you know, that's what you're teaching the youth. You know, that it's like watching basketball, and if all they do is show guys dunk it all the time, it's like the kids don't want to learn the fundamentals. They want to take outside. You know what I mean? It's like kids learn based on what they're observing, and if you're kind of promoting a lot of that violent hits, um that's kind of the way guys tend to, to react when they get to that level. And I just think that that's kind of some of what we see now is that we just haven't seen that kind of emphasis on head injuries really hit until recent years. And maybe some of these guys just aren't quite as aware of it when they're out there. Well, like Vig said, I think it's going to be a tough sell, but uh, maybe it is an education type of thing. I mean, obviously you don't have to go up high to hit them there. I mean, hit them right in the chest. Yeah, I, well, and I think part of it, too, is that when you're younger players, you know, you kind of feel like you're invincible. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you kind of, it's yeah. almost like you think everybody out there is invincible because, I mean, yeah, you know you can hurt people, but at the same time, it's like when you're a 22-year-old kid, you think you got the world by the balls and nothing's going to happen to you physically. You're not going to die. Nothing, you know what I mean? It's like you don't have that mentality. And, and I think once you get a little older, and, and especially when you're a professional and you are actually putting other people's like livelihood at danger and whatever else because you're hitting them high and creating head injuries. I mean, I, it, you could become a little bit more responsible, but maybe that's something it, that these guys need to learn. And I think you're seeing that in the NFL. I think D-backs are playing differently than they did 10 years ago. And I think a lot of that is respect for the opponent and respect for the game. It's, it's knowing how big of an issue concussions are and the, the long-term impacts they have. And so, you know, as long as the, the college hockey coaches can get on board with this, 
you know, players will adjust. They'll they'll stop laying these huge head high hits at open ice. Well, that wasn't the only bad hit that night. Well, obviously we had Cavallini get busted for a check behind from behind, and he got an added one game bonus as well, or actually one game bonus, one game suspension, <laughs> I should say. Funny thing is, it was it was a check behind on Novak, so Novak kind of had a rough weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I still to this day don't understand how some of these guys get that penalty when it's so obvious. Yes. I mean, it's like, dude, you can see both of his numbers, and you're skating up behind him, and you know he's like two or. Th- it's not like pinning a guy against the boards because he's like a foot away from. It. I mean, you're literally a couple feet from the boards, and you know if you lay him out, he's going to go head first right into the boards. It's like, how stupid are you? And the thing is, these days, all of those kids. Oh, all of these kids that are playing for college played with stop signs on their back. Right, exactly. I mean, obviously, back in our day, I don't think you had a stop sign on your back when you played, did you, Viggs? No. So, it, you know, it was, it was kind of a, was a late 90s, early 2000s thing. So all these kids grew up with the stop sign right there. I mean, just because the stop sign is gone, I mean, they've been doing this for, they've been playing a long time. They should know. And I don't care if it's a gopher, a badger, whoever, you just can't do it. And and obviously these kids aren't learning, and maybe they do need to increase the punishment because if it just keeps happening, uh, I, I don't know what else to do. Because what, what do we? Is it going to take a catastrophic injury to really get these kids to stop doing it? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, well, I first of all, Viggs had a yield sign on his; he didn't have a stop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I would say that. Uh, you know, I don't know that that's going to be have anything to do with. It. I mean, we saw you know a lot of people around here. You know, obviously Jack Jablonski had that you know bad injury, yep. and that was a big story around here. But I don't know that that really you know. I'm sure that it made people more aware for a period of time, but I don't know that that's going to prevent anything. Obviously, you know, it's not like uh, Whitco. You know, didn't I mean he's a Burnsville kid, so I mean it's not like he's not aware of Jack Jablonski and that kind of stuff. And granted, his wasn't a hit from behind, but nonetheless, you know. I, you know, some of these guys just—I don't know if it's just like they see a rival opponent there and they just want to, you know, lose control of their mind in that second. Or I don't know what it is, but some of these guys, you'd think that they have their brain working a little bit more effectively in those situations. Well, Darren on Twitter wants to know. He's thinking, uh, what are your thoughts on coaches being suspended for players' actions? Uh, and I mean, I, I, that's that, a tough sell, but boy, they <laughs> they might stop in a in a hurry if that were to happen. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but it's like, you know, I mean, uh, to me, the only time you can it's like fighting in the NHL when they used to like find coaches when it happened certain point in the game after mm-hmm. that or whatever. I mean, I get that kind of stuff because sometimes the coach actually is sending a guy out there in those situations to send a message to the opponent, but. You know, the hitting from behind thing, a lot of times that's just a player making a boneheaded decision in the moment. I don't know that you can really hold a coach responsible for that. I mean, I'm sure the coaches preach quite a bit about, you know, player safety and whatever. It's just that players, they got to say, I mean, it's just like any other facet of coaching. You could tell a guy, hey, you know, play your role, play your position, you know, play the system, blah, blah, blah. But some players just start to freelance and you can't blame the coach for that. So I, I don't know that I'd. I would go that far. Yeah, Cavallini had plenty of time to make the decision about he what did. he was doing on on Saturday, and and he could have easily pulled off, and he just chose not to. You know, one game probably isn't enough for these guys, and they all know the the you know 
results of hits like that. Everybody knows the jab story. So, you know, he's got no excuse. I, I don't know what else we can do. I mean, I, I hope uh, it doesn't take someone getting, you know, injured or killed for these kids to wake up. I, obviously, that would be awful, but uh, uh, I don't care who you play for. I, obviously, we support the Gophers, but when we see Gophers do that, we give them a hard time, too, because it's stupid. Well, I think the Sealer penalty earlier this season is a perfect example. Yes. You know, all of GPL kind of basically said, you know, that guy shouldn't be doing that. He, he's got to know better. He should. He deserves a game penalty. You know, everybody was on board with that. You know, when Sealer got the penalty, you saw Lucia on the bench. He's just like, well, he got out of control there. We'll, we'll have to kill the penalty and deal without him. And people were even commenting this weekend that they noticed that Sealer was not on the ice at the end of the game to make sure he didn't cause problems. And it looked like one of the linesmen, a referee, also got to Sealer before he could get to Whitco. Because um, obviously, the, I love Sealer. I love how he stands up for his guys, but uh, uh, he he may try to kill somebody. <laughs> that well, wouldn't be good. In, you know, on that instance, it wasn't going to be anything positive for the Gophers, anyways. Yeah. When you got a lead, and you're, you know what I mean. It's, yep. it, you might as, and you know, like like I said at the time, you know, that's just tack more goals on them. You know, if they're going to do stupid crap like that, then you know, bury them. So, I mean, that was the way to handle it. The way that they did as opposed to anything else. Yeah, like I I watch Zach Parisi in the NHL. You know, he takes a pounding, even though he's, uh, you know, a Sioux. You know, he reacts the right way. He, he goes and tries to score goals and doesn't retaliate. You know, I think that's the right way for hockey players to treat those situations. I, I wish more players would do that. I, I You know, even even times, you know, somebody's like, oh, you got to protect the goalie. Yes, you need to protect the goalie, but... Uh, a lot of times, you know, a guy's going to come in and slash the goalie. He's going to get called. Your goalie is well protected. Just keep cool, and they'll be the only ones in the box. You won't be going into the box with them. A lot of times, I wish players would keep their cool. Uh, but obviously, in the heat of the moment, it's tough to do. And obviously, Parisi's kind of got the skill where he's like, yep, you're going to pay for it, and I'm not. Well, well there's this. The ones that bug me are the – I mean, it doesn't happen in college so much, but the ones that bug me are in the NHL, when you see a very obviously clean hit, it just happens to be, you know, a big hit, but it's obviously very clean. And then, the you know, some teammate comes and starts a fight with the guy that had the clean hit. It's like, dude, he had a legal hit, and you're going to start a fight over It's like, you know, that, those are the ones that really annoy the hell out of me. Cause it's I'm like, with you on that. <laughs> it's just like, dude, it's a part of the game. To, you know, don't be such a sally about it and, like, think that you have to fight just because one of your guys got hit cleanly. It's like one thing when it's a cheap shot, like what we saw, yep. you know, from a hit from behind or something along those lines. That's one thing. But when it's everybody in the sun can see it's just a clean hit and it just happens to be, you know, send a guy to the ice or whatever. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, two seconds later, a guy gets jumped from behind. You know the guy to hit them. That those are the ones that to me are just ridiculous. Well, we used to love those Ballard hip checks. I mean, in in the right. in college and in the NHL, uh, you would even see the guys in the NHL uh, reacting to those when they were perfect hits. They were you know right at the hip. They took the guy out, no tripping, no interference. Um, he just went upended and uh, perfectly legal play, and boy, they didn't like it. But you know what can you do? Just one of those things. Anyone I do thought- think on some of those plays around the net, you know, 
the 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 guy who's going after the goalie oftentimes isn't even getting the penalty though until the retaliation happens. So for a lot of those situations, yeah. I, I don't think that guy even goes to the box unless you know you step up and make an issue of it. So I think you know there is some valid validity to doing things like that. It's definitely on board with you guys though. When there's a clean hit and someone else goes after that clean hitter, you know that's that's ridiculous to me. Well, I, I've even hated it at Gopher games where someone gets a clean hit on the Gophers and and the fans start to boo like crazy as if it was a cheap shot when it's not. I'm like, the guy made a good play. He made an awesome hit. Uh, why are you complaining? Uh, obviously, we hear that all over, but, uh, you know, it's just it, that's hockey, I guess. I mean, what can you do? Well, before we move on, I know we got a question here from Bonin21 from GPL who's not on Twitter. We'll get to it in a second, but before then, let's take a listen to our sponsor. Vintage Minnesota Hockey wants you to take a step back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota hockey heritage alive forever. VintageMNHockey.com features history from around the entire state of Minnesota. One feature that I enjoy on a daily basis is the This Day in Minnesota Hockey History that is on their website. They have tons of info on what's happening on any particular day in Minnesota hockey history. One thing as a listener that you may be interested in is the store at Vintage Minnesota Hockey. They offer all kinds of custom throwbacks from Minnesota hockey and local college teams. And as a GPL podcast listener, you just need to enter the promo code GPL podcast, one word, all lowercase, to get a 10% discount on any order. So visit Vintage Minnesota Hockey at VintageMNHockey.com. Well, let's get to that question from Bonin21 on GPL. Apparently, he's not on Twitter, but he wanted to kind of know about what's going on with recruiting lately, uh, Hammy. He says, I'd like a recruiting update if possible. Maroney expectations, Noterman expected arrival of time, Waite's performance so far this season, uh, and if there's any likelihood that Waite comes in next year. Uh, what do you think there, Hammy? I think he should know all this stuff. He thinks he knows all this stuff already. So what the hell does he need us answering for it? He's a big well, obviously Noterman is brand new, right? That was yeah. just uh, earlier this week, and there was someone else uh, this week as well, wasn't there? Uh, he's talking about Maroney, I believe. Yeah, Maroney. Uh, yeah, right. um, you know, as far as I, you know, I'm very, I'm glad that we got Noterman. I think he's a good player. I think you know somebody. I don't watch him as consistently because he's in the Northern Burbs, but uh, you know somebody I know that is a GPL contributor that's in the Northern Burbs and you know who's I know has got a good hockey eye. He's pretty high on Noterman. He feels like he's kind of like a similar to Taylor Matson, but in a probably a little more offensive. You know, before Taylor Matson kind of dealt with some of the injuries, and you know, so he in his view he expects him to be a, a pretty good overall player. You know, maybe somebody that would be a third line type of a guy in the first half of his college career and then move her up in, you know, somewhere in the top two lines, you know, as he gets to be an upperclassman. So I think that'll be a good, you know, that'll be good. And he is a good, he's got a good work ethic. Um, and I think he's going to be a good player as he benefits, you know, and yeah, you know, he gets overshadowed and blamed because a Tufty is being, you know, he's, you know, a big player and what that's going to have a lot of, you know, NHL hype and everything like that. So he gets a little overshadowed in that sense, but people tend to forget that Norderman's actually been, offensively speaking, just as productive. And it's not all because of Tufty. So I think that that's a positive moving forward for the Gophers. Um, he actually might be a better 
college player than what Tufty will be. If for no other reason, then you know he's probably going to be more of a three to four year type of a player. So Tufty, you know, he might be a one to two year player. You don't know for sure until they get him to college. But um, so in that sense, he might be more of a benefit for the Gophers in the long run. Um, you know, as far as um, Maroney goes, I don't really see that as being. Uh, you know, I, I think it's more of a depth move. I think that. I think somebody like Waits, I don't. I haven't heard anything about. You know, I know they're pl- kind of playing it by how he put performs uh, in the second half of the year and all that stuff. And obviously, he's not lighting the world on fire um, so far this year. So, I mean, I think that it's probably going to be a situation where they're probably going to backfill um, with some of these guys and uh, and then kind of just give somebody like Waits some extra time. At least that would be my hope. But and I'm assuming that's probably the route they're going to go. Anything else going on in recruiting lately, Hammy, for either Minnesota or other schools? Of note, I should say. Uh, you mean in what terms? Like in terms of pending decisions or decisions or made current recently? Decisions, or? Whatever. I mean, obviously, uh, Vigo, you had mentioned somebody. Uh, was it Hain? Yeah, Gavin Hain from Grand Rapids committed in North Dakota. I know he took a visit to Minnesota earlier. Didn't, yeah, I mean, didn't, I, didn't North Dakota just get the first kid born in 2000 as well? <laughs> that's that's who they're talking. Okay. Well, no, I mean that's there's uh, been other commits from two, the year 2000, but uh, that's their first commit from that I first see. year. Um, you know, I mean, he's a good player, and I, I'm sure that he'll be successful. I don't think that you know, it's one of those things where a lot of these guys, young guys, is you know, you don't really know for sure until they you know, get a couple more years under their belt, you know, whether you feel if you really missed on something or not, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I mean, um, it's not all those young guys work out. We've seen that here. We've seen that at other places. So it's, um, it's hard to say for sure what, you know, if any impact that's going to have, uh, uh, to be quite honest with you, I don't, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't pay attention to North Dakota anymore unless it's like, actually, <laughs> I mean, unless it's a recruiting thing. I mean, I honestly, yeah, okay. I don't even pay it. I barely pay any attention to what happens with that team because they just have so little, they don't mean anything to the Gophers these days. I mean, yeah, they'll we'll play them again the next year and the year after that, but I don't know. I just, I, I get it, dude. I, I don't even think about them really hardly anymore. I just, I, I mean, I think more about St. Cloud or, Duluth or teams that were playing I don't even it's like North Dakota whatever I mean I don't even really unless like I said it's a recruiting thing I barely even think about them these days yeah I just bring it up because youth hockey hub named him their Bantam of the year last year and I, I understand that the Gophers have Nelson and, and Brinkman and, um, and a couple other guys from that year as well I think but you know it's well, it surprising to see him lose one of those guys well I mean I don't think it's too surprising because he you know i mean he is northern minnesota and that's not obviously a given for gophers i mean we do we still do pretty well up there but it's not like that's a given territory for us to always land grand rapids has been pretty good to the gophers over the years but um you know i think really more than anything it it just goes to show you people will talk up you know when we land young guys and if we but if we land too many they'll be like are we going too young too much and i don't know if i like that and then (laughs) Don't know when you lose one, they're like, oh, is there something the matter? Why hit any pick? You know, it's like, it's kind of like we've talked about before for a coach. It's like um, you're never going to please everybody. So it's kind of funny when, you know, one slips through the cracks to another team. People tend to hit the panic button for whatever reasons. That's kind of funny. All right, guys. Well, we need to get into the North Star College Cup. 
big games this weekend for the Gophers. I mean, pairwise ways. I mean, yeah, you know, with Bemidji, not the greatest team, but they're not terrible. They could kill the pairwise for Minnesota if they don't uh, if they don't beat Bemidji and then possibly face most likely St. Cloud. So let's get your thoughts on the whole weekend, guys. This is a big weekend for Minnesota. Probably bigger, you know, than for the other schools like St. Cloud. Initial thoughts there, Viggs? No, it's definitely a huge weekend for Minnesota. I mean, Bemidji is kind of a scary team to play in that in that first game because they're you know they're an older team and you know they're not gonna you know wow you with with anything but hard work and so that's a, a big game. And then obviously whoever they play on Sunday is going to be important for pairwise. If it's Minnesota State, you know it's good to get the win over them. If it's St. Cloud, it's a huge opportunity for the Gophers to prove that they've improved over the last eight weeks. Hammy, I think we need to get Connor Riley going even more. He scored a couple goals the last few weeks, uh, had some more points here and there. I think it's time for him to finally wake up and uh, contribute. Well, I mean, it's been better, like you said, recently. Yeah. You know, for me, the interesting thing about the weekend is going to be if they get to that second game against St. Cloud, you know, what what's going to be the strategy that the coaches try to employ for that game? I mean, I said it earlier in the year when we played them that, you know, St. Cloud's got more offensive depth this year, more firepower. You know, it's one of those years where St. Cloud just happens to be in the advantage in that. Usually it's the Gophers, but for this year it's definitely St. Cloud. And um, you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, is the strategy going to be, especially on a smaller, you know, on an NHL rank, you know, is it going to be to kind of play more of a defensive-minded game and, and be a little more conservative? And, um, you know, because if you start trying to get in a run and gun, you know, that's probably not going to play to our advantage this year, obviously. So um, I'll be interested to see what kind of strategy they take and um, if, you know, they kind of take a little bit more of a conservative perspective in the game. Well, Viggs, obviously St. Cloud's the big team this year. Um, we, you know, if Minnesota beats Bemidji, it's expected we play St. Cloud. Monsko has obviously done a fine job up there. Uh, you can't say enough about him. Obviously, we hate St. Cloud. We kind of like Monsko. That's kind of how it is these days. But Viggs, uh, they're just damn good. Yeah, especially that power play. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota's penalty kill was just going fine this season, and then they played St. Cloud, and <laughs> all of a sudden killed. they got lit up for a bunch <laughs> of goals. And so, you know, everybody's aware of that. And I, I think the one thing about Minnesota playing St. Cloud is you can't play too passive against this team because they've got so much scoring depth that, that any line of theirs can go out there and, and score on you. So you can't just focus and, and play defense. And when you play defense, you're going to, more often than not, take penalties and put them on the power play. So I think it's really important for Minnesota to, to, to get quick transitions out of their own end, um, to, to pin Huskies up against the board and, and get the breakout going. And when they're in the offensive zone, you know, get some sustained pressure. You know, don't you know, shoot the puck wide, have it go out of the zone and have to regroup again. Oh, you know, yeah. Don't just shoot from anywhere to turn it over. You know, they're going to have to play a little bit more of a grinding game. What about some of the other teams? I mean, obviously, Minnesota State's not a slouch team. They've been kind of up and down this year. And like you mentioned, Bemidji's uh, an older team, defending champions. I mean, they were they came in last year when, you know, Duluth was riding high, and they took care of everybody. 
Well, I mean, I guess it's, you know, for me, it's hard to get too hyped up about Bemidji. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. that they won't. They put up, like, you know, Vig said, they'll definitely put the work in and they're going to make you earn it for sure. That's always been their style. Um, but at the same time, I look at, you know, their schedule strength is 47th out of 60. So obviously they're not exactly playing murderer's row there. And then, you know, I, you know, obviously Minnesota State's nothing like they were. You know, prior to this year, I mean, last year, obviously. They were good last year. That's why I was kind of surprised that uh, Bemidji won it last year. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I would think it would be more than likely going to be in that, you know, second game that it's going to be St. Cloud in Minnesota. I would be surprised if it wasn't. I think one of the big things with Minnesota State this year is their, their blue line just isn't as good. You know, their defensemen aren't able to, to start the breakout and, and keep up and close tight gaps. So I think that's the biggest thing with them compared to last year. Well, They're coming you for you. Uh, well, what do you think then? Let's just say Minnesota St. Cloud Sunday afternoon, Viggs. Is Minnesota yeah. I mean I mean does Minnesota have a chance? I mean I mean it seems like we've been playing better lately. This is obviously a good measuring stick to seeing uh, what uh, the direction this team is going to go for the rest of the year. Well, it won't end in a tie. They're going to play NCAA rules for this event. Which I like. Uh, so there will be no shootouts. There will be no 4-4, four and four, no 3-3. Three and three. They're going to play 20-minute overtimes until they have a winner. Um, so you can't tie. And I'm, I'm a little nervous <laughs> going into this game just because of the firepower that St. Cloud has this year. Um, as fired up as I saw St. Cloud for their series with Minnesota last time. Um, but on the flip side, Shearhorn's played great, and he gives them a chance to win just about every every night. So I think it's going to be close, but I, I would give the edge to St. Cloud. Are you going to head down to the X this weekend, Hammy? Uh, I more than like – you know what? I don't know. I might uh, because i got some stuff going on down on that side of town, but we'll see. I, I don't know for sure yet. You know, I should get you in as a member of the media sometime. So then what? So then you come hang out with us in 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 the in the press box and get free food. They do have a little bit of free food. There are some there are some meals in between the, the games this year, so that's that's always good. That's always good food. Word, I can handle that. <laughs> All right, guys. Obviously, you know, I think Sunday is going to be the big test. It's going to show, you know, you know, if we could stay with St. Cloud, you know, whether it is maybe a one-goal loss or an overtime loss or a win, obviously that's positive. If they get blown out, it might be a little time to reevaluate the rest of the season and just kind of hope for the rest of the year. So, Well, I mean, I think for me, I just think it, I want to see, you know, definitely competitive game. If they lose, they lose fine. But, you know, for me, it's just, it's going to be more what's the effort, how do they play, um, you know, because, you know, you want to, if we're going to be making the NCAAs, you know, you're going to have to feel like you can compete with the good teams this year. And obviously St. Cloud has proven that they're one of the better teams this year. And, um, you know, I think St. Cloud's got a lot of pressure on them this year, I think, because they remind me of kind of like Wisconsin a few mm-hmm. years ago where they've got a lot of senior contributors and you kind of want to take advantage during those years when you have guys that are contributing to that level that are, you know, seniors and, if you don't, you know, you're probably going to take a step or two back, you know, the following year or two. So you kind of want to take advantage of that when you got it. All right. I think that's all we have for this week, guys. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Novak has skated. Um, he'll be kind of a game-time decision on Friday. 
Uh, AJ Michelson's back and eligible for the lineup. He's healed from his upper body injury. Vigo, I know you had mentioned in one of your notes that talked about uh, the starting times this weekend. I know it's Eric Raymond's asking about it. He's kind of like, what's up with the one and four start times on Saturday? Probably Sunday, too. But uh, um, didn't Lucia kind of, he kind of addressed that today, didn't he? Yep, he basically just said they want to try to change it up and, and make it so the, the fans coming from outside the Twin Cities, you know, can come down without, you know, taking a half day of work off and, and see, you know, both games and stay maybe one night in a hotel instead of two and have to take some vacation time. So I think they're trying to find a way to, to make this weekend work. Um, I'm a little surprised that they don't play a little bit later on Saturday and, and still play early on Sunday, but... Um, I think, you know, you start well, shortening they, the tie between games and then yeah, you get but, issues too. But they're thinking, you know, the losing team, the team that, that loses, you know, the, the Minnesota, you know, Bemidji game, whoever loses is going to play, you know, at 1 p.m. the next day. So maybe they didn't want, you know, such a late or such a short turnaround. Who knows? You know, I actually, I love the times. I, I don't, I think they're, they're perfect. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think it'll be great. It, it'll be a good uh, trial run for people trying to get ready for the NCAA regional. Yeah, you know, because oftentimes you get these afternoon games for that, so it'll, it'll be a good experience for the players that way. Well, they're just trying to help the local businesses for Saturday night, right? <laughs> could all the booze and want all that stuff. You know, that's that's pretty legit because you know by the time the game ends, it's 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 dinner time, it's yep. drinking time, and it's and it's not you know nine thirty ten o'clock at night. So, and then maybe they're expecting kind of a full Saturday evening down there. Who knows? Obviously, the parade is at uh, before the game, I believe, on Saturday. Was it noon or one o'clock? Or two o'clock that there's a parade down 7th. So make sure you guys might want to get down there early or just avoid West 7th. Is that the one that Zwack is going to be, uh, you know, leading? Yeah, I, I think so. So He's, he, he's going to be, like, walking in front of everybody <laughs> with his, like, scepter. <laughs> uh, he's going to love it when he hears that. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. Well, he knows not, all, he knows all the cute uh, the queens and oh, whatever. Jeez, he's like always that. got pictures with hot chicks. It's unbelievable. I went out on a date with one of uh, oh, oh, the, oh. the queen of from like two or three years ago. I can't remember what her name is off the top of my head though. She was nice, but it didn't work. <laughs> Hammy datelines up after this, so <laughs> we'll have to see. Remember, you can follow Hammy. I don't know if he talks about his ladies on his Twitter. No, feed. I, do I don't not. think he doesn't. But you can follow him at Hammy Hockey uh, on Twitter if he lets you. I don't know how you do that these days, but. And you can follow Vigo at EVigo on Twitter. You know, we're going to be back next week hoping the Gophers come away with the North Star Cup title. If not, you know, we're going to recap that and preview Hockey Day Minnesota against Penn State. Until then, thanks for listening. Welcome like that. We go on, we do things. Hudson must have said, yeah, well, we know we're one in ten against the state teams four times just in there. Is that something you're kind of, you're putting pride on the line? Uh, well, I, 
it's an issue. I mean, uh, disappointing, obviously, that uh, uh, there's that, that state pride on the line, obviously, this weekend. And, you know, a couple teams have had our number the last year and a half. Um, and uh, here's another opportunity. Um, you know, we played Bemidji. Um, good team, very good program. Um, like us, right around 500. Uh, beat some good teams and lost some games. Uh, but they're on a very similar trajectory that we are with their January. I think they have one loss in the month of January and um, should be a good game. I mean, they're the defending champs, so we get the defending champs right out of the shoot. Kind of like this, and it sort of maybe is a bit of a warm up for like an NCAA regional, or well, the timing, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, actually, I was talking to Bob yesterday, and he said that's the one good thing with the, the different times is that that's something you do get at the end of the year, and we're not playing at 7 o'clock every, every Friday night. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's been good, the tournament we've had. This is year three. Um, I think the teams have enjoyed it. We're, we're changed the, the times and the days this year just to see if that will help accommodate fans that are from outside the Twin Cities market where you, know, you don't have to leave a half a day of work. Uh, you don't need a hotel Friday, so if you want to come down, maybe it's just you know Saturday night hotel and you can go to two games on Saturday and go to a couple games on Sunday and, and then head home Sunday night. So we'll see how that works out if it's... Uh, from the, the fan standpoint, because that's, you know, we're trying to accommodate them the best we can, too. Did we learn something about your goalie that maybe you guys already knew watching him go back in after taking that shot in the face? You know, um, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, we've seen how competitive he's been all season long, uh, how well he's played all season long, giving us an opportunity to win. You know, like our team, he's, he's grown into his role as well, and um, he certainly played well this past weekend. <laughs> With a couple of years of distance now from the WCHA with the Gophers, is there any lessening in the intensity of these in-state rivalries? Um, yes and no. Uh, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that it, it's a little bit different when you're not playing for points like you did within conference. Um, so I, I, I have sensed and felt a little different vibe to the game uh, because of that. Um, and and uh, Not just from our perspective, I don't know if they would say the same thing, um, but obviously this weekend, because you're playing for a tournament and a trophy, uh, I think that, that kind of rekindles some of that a little bit this weekend. But, I mean, I, I think you, we've always been so ingrained in your own conference that, you know, there's a difference when you're playing somebody for conference points or, or a non-conference game. You no doubt talked to somebody in the Big Ten offense. Uh, do, do you think they heard you about the hits last weekend? Uh, I just talked to... Um, Steve, yesterday in Piotrowski, he just told me that the suspensions were coming, and um, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm going to show some clips today um, of, of three of the hits from the game, just as reminders for our guys that things you can't do. And it's a different day and age. I, um, you know, the hit on Tommy Novak for me is probably 20 years ago. You know, it was a hit you could make. Um, just like in, in football. I mean, you go back to the days when I grew up and Jack Tatum was patrolling the, the secondary and, you know, what he used to do to wide receivers. And then it became, I think, a good thing, uh, some safety issues where you do have to protect the players. And I think the hit that we saw um, on, on Novak is a hit that needs to be taken out of the game. The, the idea of hitting is to, you know, separate a, puck, uh, a player from a puck. It's not to you know, destroy somebody. Obviously, that was a head hit. Uh, but even if it wasn't, it, it, guys are so, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster, the equipment's more. Um, and, and so the owners, I think, to the point now, especially with what we know about concussions and player safety, that uh, the owner should be on the player making the hit 
if a guy's in a vulnerable position, it's one thing to separate. It's another thing to really follow through. And um, I, 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 I've kind of changed my tune now and maybe just seen what's the concussion issues. And, you know, my oldest son had to quit playing because of concussions at the, at the pro level that – I think player safety is an important issue. I think we have that obligation. I mean, I talked to Tom's dad. He was great about it yesterday. And, you know, if your parents sitting in the stands, I mean, who wants to see their son get hit like that? I, I, that's not what you play the game for. And I, and I think from a, from a player safety standpoint, some of these hits have to be looked at where I don't care if it's a legal hit, should that hit take place? You know, because you don't want to jeopardize somebody somebody's career now. And, and that's why I think you... The attitudes the, have changed because of that, and I, and I think for a good thing um, that that hitting is part of the game, but there's an interesting hitting and really taking somebody out, and uh, that could really have an impact to their career, their life, uh, all that. And I think we've seen that emphasis with the check from behind, um, and, and I think these open ice hits have to be looked at. I mean, when Nick Letty was a freshman, I mean, the guy came across and broke his jaw. His missed, you know, couple months of his freshman year. Um, so those are the hits that, that really have to be looked at. There were three hits, two on Tommy. Mm-hmm. Does that mean anything to you? Does that say anything? No, I, you know, I don't say about that they were targeting him. Um, I, I, I'm not going to go and say that, boy, uh, there's Tommy Novak's number. Let's go take him out. I, I don't think you – I think in the heat of the game when it's going on, I, I don't think you really consciously look at or – who am, I, who am I lining up to hit? Um, you know, we had the, the same player had a you know hit on our guy, same type of hit a year ago with one minute to go in a five to one game. So, you know, was he trying to do something in a in a six to two game at the time? I don't know. I can't speak for him, and I can't speak for Wisconsin's program. I can just try to make sure I hold our players accountable, and that's why when I show video today of some clips from the game, I'm, I start with you know a boarding call, a check from behind call, and the open ice hit that. You know, those are those are some of the things that just you got to be respectful of the game. You got to res- be respectful of your opponent. You've been more vocal this year than any year in the past. Is this something that's consensus among coaches? Or I don't know. I, I, I actually did. I did. Uh, I think a combination. I, I did talk to uh, Steve uh, yesterday just about that. Um, you know, I go back to that hit on Nick Letty. I go back to um, uh, the hit on. Uh, um, Tommy, I, I can go back to the hit on, I think it was Kevin Weirs against North Dakota when the guy left his feet and just, you know, really took him out. Um, and it was penalized. But, I mean, at, at some point, I think the mindset has to change of I'm going to go take somebody out versus I'm going to hit, and that's part of the game. But I, I think that we have to err on the side of player safety. With what we're learning, which we didn't know five or ten years ago with the concussion issue, and I, I think we want to have our sport make sure that, you know, if you're a parent and your son or daughter has a choice to play ice hockey when they're six or seven years old, that you want them to choose that sport because of, you know, how it's played and, and uh, growing up, not mm, maybe let's put them in a different sport because it's it's become too violent. It, it, the game has changed, like I said, because of the speed, the size, the impact, the strength training. You know, it's not a it's different. And uh, they said, I've been through it with maybe because I've, you know, see it from the parent side as well, uh, that it's something that needs to be looked at. And I know I'm in favor of, you know, that, that, that can be taught just like, you know, if you're a deep back and a, and a wide receiver's laying out for that pass and you can't go in and destroy him anymore. And uh, I think that needs to be taught the same thing in, in hockey as well, that that's a hit that 
when a guy's in a vulnerable position, I'm not sure that it's good for our game to, to, to make that hit. With the hit on Novak, are you uh, preparing to uh, play without him this weekend? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, he's uh, there's, a, there's a, a protocol that he has to go through. Um, you know, there's tests that you take before the year uh, begins. There's, there's, there's zero, he's got to get to zero base, which I think as of now he is. I know that he he skated for 15 or 20 minutes today on his own. We're not practicing, and that seemed to go fine. So there's a step-by-step process, and you know, if he if he goes through the steps and he's able to play this weekend, he'll play. And if he's not, he's not. We don't know today. It's too early. We may not know until Friday, but we're certainly not going to put him out there this weekend if there's if he's at risk. That's for sure. So but you know, he, play, play, play there. Yeah, I think I, I I think we'll have, you know, if everything goes well today, then maybe he'll skate tomorrow, you know, without contact, mm-hmm. and everything goes well there. I mean, so you, you amp it up as the week goes on, and if there's any type of setback, then you know, shut it back down. So it's just, you know, that our trainer does that. I mean, I had really nothing to do with it, and, and we want to make sure if, if Tom is going to play that, you know, he's 100% ready to play. And it's interesting that. You know, some of the, you know, even talking to our trainer that, you know, when you get knocked, I mean, out like he did, that it's almost better. Your brain almost reboots and uh, rather than if he wouldn't have been. So he seems to be doing, you know, pretty well, which is which is great. I'm happy for him. What do you think has changed on offense these past six games? Uh, you know, I think uh, some pucks are going in uh, that maybe didn't go in. I, I do think we're improving. Um we're making some better plays. Some other guys are getting involved. But, I mean, it, it, all of a sudden, you know, Justin Clues is scoring in Hudson. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't even realize it until I saw that, and, you know, all of a sudden Hudson's got 18 points in 12 games. And, and uh, the, light, the, the light really went off for him. I think he's playing terrific right now for us. I think Justin Clues is playing really well right now for us. And not that they weren't before, but all of a sudden when you start to get rewarded, then, then you feel better about yourself. It's easier to... To, to lead on a daily basis. Same with Connor. All of a sudden, Connor's got two straight weekends with a goal. Camerata had a goal this weekend. So, some guys that we need to start scoring are scoring. You know, we're we've worked hard on that part of our game with puck movement and, and, and making more plays in the offensive zone and you know down low. And um, so it's nice to see some of those things that you work on come to fruition in a game. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy for our guys right now because it's it's fun to watch them make strides. And uh, that's what they've done throughout the course of the year. We've talked about even early on that uh, maybe we weren't winning games, but the guys came to work and practice every day. That that uh, and you hope at some point with you know so many new guys that it'll start to, to pay off. And you know we're it's unique because of the way the Big Ten is is that you have all your non-conference games early, and you know so maybe taking those some of those lumps help prepare us for the league play. Whereas. Before, when you had 28 league games, you had some league games in October, some conference games later, maybe later on in the season. Uh, but that's not how it works today. Uh, but I'm just I'm, I'm happy for our guys that they've been able to, you know, stay with the process, stay engaged, you know, come to the rink every day to get better, and and now they're starting to see some results. What kind of an identity are you seeing emerge with the group? Uh, you know, I. I we're a team. I, I don't think that uh, I said at the beginning of the year. I don't know if we have any superstars on this team. You know, we have some good players, um, but collectively, we have to we have to be good collectively. I think that's the, the big thing. Whether it's our freshman goalie having a good game, or you know, some defensemen that maybe didn't play on a regular basis last year, um, stepping forward and having a good game. When, when we're playing well, we're getting good goaltending. We're getting good specialty team play, and and just. 
the, the puck movement come out of our zone. I mean, that's usually the telltale for me. Are we getting out of our own zone efficiently and quickly and, and playing a quicker game? And um, It's just nice to see some of the guys get rewarded. Don, is uh, any of the data that Cal Dietz is collecting play into the decision on Tommy playing as we no, I, no, that's that's no, that, that we don't use that. Okay. Uh, as, to my knowledge, um, it just there's there's those pro- protocols that you that you go through, um, and, and there, there's like 16 different questions and then parts to that that you, you get scored on. I don't know. I mean, that's something to talk to our trainer about. But as we all know, I mean. You know, with the studies at BU now, and and uh, what we're seeing, that it's it's a it's a big topic of conversation, as it should be, because you know you you can always say you can heal a broken arm or a broken leg, but you really don't know what's going on inside the inside the head. And uh, and the more we can do to protect that, you know, I think the better off we are. I mean, I, I'm a little bit old school. I think it, our game would be better without the face mask, at least taking the the cage off. Um, I, I I think that's led to part of our problem so you know great we're worried about a stitch in the chin but what have we traded it for yeah. but you know I don't know if we'll ever go back and, um, but I, that would be for me I, I think it would be a good move how's AJ doing with his recovery AJ's back uh, he's he, he's in a position to play this weekend so he's been cleared so he's ready to go everybody else yeah I mean other than Tommy and we'll probably have a better feel later in the week where he's at um, but other than that everybody's ready Who's been uh, getting Brodzinski to score goals? Well, I gave him grief when he when I saw him. I said, you know, I think because you came off that penalty, you didn't want to come to the bench, <laughs> that retaliation penalty, because uh, he did the something similar in Penn State and he never got off the bench the rest of the game in the, in the third period. So um, he ended up getting that goal, and, and uh, I think he was probably relieved that because uh, he knew he was in, in the doghouse a little bit. All right, guys, I got to call so we can get everybody else in. Okay. <laughs> You got a lot of me today. Holy yeah. Oh, I didn't even see you there. Huh? No chance. Anything that's a little out to say, boy, it would be fun to play St. Cloud this week, especially mm-hmm. with the family relation. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's always fun having that rivalry with St. Cloud, but uh, I mean, you know, you just got to play it like another game. I know my family is all from there, but uh, I mean, it's just another game, and it's another game that we got to win. What was the catch? What you got into you the other night? I don't mean on the retaliation, I mean on the goals. I actually have no idea. They were just, I mean, just get the puck to the net and they just got lucky and went in, I guess. You're smiling, team smiling. What, what's it feel like when you go on a roll like this as opposed to when it's, you know, a split, just all that stuff? You know, it's always fun, uh, fun winning, and uh, I think our team on a, is on a roll right now, and I think that uh, if we keep it going, we would, uh, we'll have a pretty good shot by the end of the year. Did we learn something about your goalie that maybe you guys already knew when we see him going back in the game after taking that shot in the face? Yeah, everybody knows he's a tough guy, and uh, I think that uh, that really sends a message to the other team. I mean, uh, you know, he's always been uh, been great for us. He's always given us a chance to win, and I think that, uh, you know, after that play, we realized, like, this guy is a tough player. He's a, he's a competitor, so. What has changed for you guys over the past few weeks? What are the, the main reasons for this success? I think it's just uh, our execution and our uh, work ethic. I think that uh, in practice we've really been uh, been working hard, and I think that uh, because of that, our execution's gotten a lot better. So it starts in practice. Yeah, absolutely. Everything starts in practice. You got to get better in practice to be able to, to compete in a game. Special teams worked pretty good last weekend too. It was nice to see the power play come around. Yeah, power play's been been getting a little better, and uh, especially our PK. We've had a couple penalty kill goals in the last couple weekends, so uh, I think that uh, that really helps us.
different about a weekend format like this? I mean, it almost feels more like an NCAA regional where you maybe don't know you're playing that second game. Do you guys, does it have a different feel at all? Is it just two games on a weekend? No, it's just uh, we just got to treat it like another game. And, uh, I mean, regardless of who we play, we got to come out and give it our best. And uh, I think if we do that, we'll have a really good shot at uh, winning this tournament. Is there a little bit of added incentive with the way things have gone against you know, Hudson when he came in must have said, we know we're one in ten against in state teams. I think he said it three or four times. Is that kind of hanging there and maybe a little bit added fuel? Yeah, I mean, maybe it's, uh, I mean, nobody really wants to be 1-10 in their, in their state, but uh, I think that uh, that really puts a little fire in everybody's stomach, and I think that we want to get back at uh, all the in-state teams. How important is this weekend in terms of setting you up for the rest of the Big Ten season? These are your last non-conference games, and you may face a couple of ranked teams. Yeah, it's uh, it's huge. I mean, uh, every time we get a chance to play a ranked team, it's uh, it's a big opportunity for us to get back in the high in the standings. And I think that uh, if we win this weekend, it'll really boost us. Nice game Saturday. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess the one thing that I can really relate it to is just kind of how we've been building. You know, we've been, you know, we've been building from the beginning, and it's just kind of everything's starting to come together. Uh, you know, everybody knows the system at this point. Uh, the freshmen have kind of, you know, fallen into their roles. They understand where they're supposed to be on the ice, and uh, it's just kind of building up. And yeah, just everything coming to fruition for us. How much do you guys look forward to this weekend with the, the opportunity that it brings to play some teams just up the road? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody's. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are, you know, talking about how, you know, we were one in ten against teams in Minnesota. So I think we're, we're really excited and, and, you know, really motivated to, you know, do our best against uh, some other uh, in-state teams. And uh, this weekend's a huge weekend for us. Is that a little chip on your shoulder? Oh yeah, yeah. We we definitely take a lot of, of pride in, you know, trying to be the best team in Minnesota. And you know, the fact that we haven't done it in the past is is not fun. So we're definitely trying to change that. Now that you guys have been in the Big Ten for a couple of years, have these in-state rivalries cooled down at all? Oh, no, no. We we still know all those guys that are on those teams, and we grew up playing with them. Uh, there's still a lot of fire in those battles. Um, you know, we, and we, we're not happy that we're 1-10 in, in those games, and we, we want to come back and make sure we, we get a good weekend in here. What kind of identity would you say this group is developing now? Uh, I think we're just kind of, uh, kind of just culminating into kind of a group just a group in general, I guess, is kind of the best way to say it, that, you know, there's not one guy that, you know, really sticks out that, you know, we're all trying to, you know, be like that guy. It's We're just trying to be, you know, one collective unit out there, and I think that that's kind of something that we've we've started to do. Um, we've, you know, we're working really well as a team and just playing as a team, and that's, uh, that's really big for us. Did we learn something about your goalie that you guys might have already known that we get to see him get oh, clapped in the face and goodness. he goes back in 45 seconds later? Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously that was a huge, I mean, he's just a tough guy. Uh, he, he absolutely battles, and he's so competitive. And it was almost like, obviously, that was, was you know very easy to see in that game. But I feel like in the the Saturday game, you could almost see his battle level more. You know, we kind of you know fell asleep in the beginning of the second you know, after we had a big lead, and he was still battling. He was angry that we were kind of like letting off the gas a little bit, and he was fired up about it. And so you know, you can really see how much he compet- uh, how competitive he is, and how much he battles. In terms of his play, now that he's got a half season under his belt, are yeah. you seeing him start to? to- yeah. Show some improvement yeah. I mean, well. I thought he played unbelievable this weekend. I thought he was our best player this weekend. Uh, we know we talked about all the goals we scored, but he was outstanding. I mean, uh, that four nothing win, he earned that shutout. Um, it, <laughs> he was battling. He was doing everything he could to keep the puck out of that, and he did it really well. St. Cloud's the premier team right now in the yeah. state. What makes them so good? Yeah, uh, they're just a really skilled team. Uh, you know, everything you know the, between their passing and their skating and uh, everything they do is just crisp. Um, they're smooth. 
Uh, you know, their power play, obviously, uh, we had some trouble with that. So, I mean, that kind of goes along with their theme uh, as a team. You know, their, their ability to move the puck quickly and see passing lanes and see plays before they happen, uh, they're, they're very good at that, and that's something that we're going to have to look at coming up in this weekend. Your penalty kill has been really good lately. Is that a big challenge if you play St. Cloud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, our penalty kill was doing really well until he played St. Cloud the first time. So uh, that's definitely going to be a focus this weekend. Uh, obviously, we gotta we got to beat Bemidji to get there. Or, uh, yeah, you know, it's not necessarily that we're going to yeah. play St. Cloud, um, but uh, we're definitely going to look at that and uh, you know, take it into account. What have you seen from Bemidji so far? I know it's early in the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as far as Bemidji, they're you know they're usually a pretty you know lunch pail team. You know they're they're gonna come at you and they're just gonna keep coming. Uh, they're usually uh, you know pretty strong, physical, and we're gonna expect that uh, coming uh, this weekend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you keep your head up like out there and make sure you know you're uh, you got good awareness where you're playing Bemidji. You won the tournament your first year and you uh, went winless in your second year. How important is it to uh, kind of have a better performance this time around? Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, especially with all the added pressure of the, the in-state battles that you know we've been dealing with lately. So uh, it's going to be huge for us. And you know, winning it the first year was a lot of fun. And it's a really good accomplishment. So being able to uh, you know have that opportunity again is uh, is fun, and uh, hopefully we can get a couple wins. What do you remember from Mankato, the two games you played in the semi? Uh, yeah, uh, Mankato, they're an interesting team. You know, it's it's weird. Again, I got one of my best buddies over there from uh, in Clint Lewis, and he's out for the year. Anyway, uh, <laughs> different story for a different time. But um, yeah, no, Mankato, they they've got a lot of older guys on their team. Um, you know, they're experienced. They know what to do. You know, they've been struggling a little bit here lately but you know I think that you know with uh, the veteran crew that they have there that they can easily turn it around and they're a team that you know you're you're concerned with if they turn it around because they have a, a lot of ability on that team you remember they came from behind to beat you yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 that was uh, not a not a fun game for us we don't like to remember that I think we kind of just erased that one from our memory if we could a little bit but yeah they definitely like I said they you know they have the ability to kind of bounce back and you know they they just keep working because you know they're they're smart guys and they're you know they're old guys that have really good experience with three ranked teams, do you see more parity with the Minnesota teams than in years past? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously we always like to say that Minnesota is a state of hockey and that there's always a lot of talent here, but uh, it's really been uh, stepping up lately. St. Cloud obviously having a really good year. Uh, Duluth's always been you know, a big rival of us uh, and of ours, and you know, they're playing well as well. And uh, you know, I think we're really we're also uh, on the way up right now. I really feel uh, happy about how our team's playing and uh, how we're developing and how we just keep getting better and keep getting better, and it's really exciting. Yeah, Thank awesome. You. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Oh, you don't have a Christmas. Yeah, I took a look. I just like to go. That's a lot.